0: This year, the Wellness Summit returns.
1: 95% of the people you know out there want you to play it safe. They don't want you to jump over fire. You can get burned.
2: They don't want you to live the life that you were born to live. You've got to remember that if you're cooking food, you want to love it. You don't want to be thinking, oh, I don't want to have to prepare another meal for my husband who doesn't appreciate it. I don't have to prepare another meal for my wife who just doesn't care. She just wants peanut butter on toast. Wake
1: the heck up. You are where you're at right here, right now, because of all the choices you have made up to this point. Now, I didn't know what to do with being blown up. I didn't know what to do with that until the psychologist told me you're going to have post traumatic stress disorder, Karen. I went, okay, great. Now at least I know what to do with that. Get ready, Melbourne. The summit is back.
3: Where well, other people were just walking through fire. I
1: mean, look. And I'm on the phone going, yeah, and he's coming like, look, like this. And then he's lifted up his top and he's squeezing that. And I'm going, yeah, I have not it. we are masking? There's something there that you want that you haven't been doing for yourself.
0: Zazen Alkaline Water presents the
1: 2018
0: Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. All info and tickets at
1: thewellnesssummit.com. thewellnesscoach.com Dreaming wellness into your love. Welcome to Wellness Women Radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health, work, and play. Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create
2: an exceptional life. Hey there, wonderful listeners around the world! Thank you so much for joining us again this week on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley, and I'm Andrea. And this week we have an extra special guest for you. This is a topic that we've uh, alluded to in quite a few different episodes and the importance of uh, oral health is something we can't dismiss when it comes to whole health and well-being. And we thought, well, who better to talk to than someone who's an expert in this, someone who does this day in and day out. And today we are really, really have a special guest for you. His name is Dr. Lewis Ellick. Oh, hey, Lewis, help me out here. Surname, say that out yeah. for me.
3: Uh, uh, Early?
2: No, it should be easy. So thank you. And look, this gentleman is a holistic dentist. He's from Sydney. He's uh, not only just a holistic dentist, he's a very accomplished athlete and academic as well. Um, He's done so much around the world in terms of his sport, education really man of the globe which is wonderful bringing together all of the best teachings uh, from wherever he's been which is such an extension of uh, knowledge when you really set yourself out and get what's best around the globe which you know Andrew and I both do all the time so it's a great gift when we talk to people who've done that as well the most important thing we want to talk about today is just how dental care fits into our big picture of health and well-being so Lewis thank you so much for joining us today we really uh, are gifted with your presence on our show
3: thank you Pleasure. Great to be on.
2: Um, Lewis,
0: can I ask, I know that for some people, uh, dentistry may not be considered the most uh, sexy sort of career choice. Yeah. How did you get into this?
3: Um, yeah, I often ask myself that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, sometimes I, I'm i staring into people's mouths and I think, oh, geez, I've really made an interesting choice here. But it's, it is actually a, a fascinating job Um if you look at it from a more holistic standpoint, um, my dad and my uncle are actually dentists, so um, they started the Sydney Holistic Dental Centre in the nineteen early nineteen eighties, um, and they've been practicing for about thirty-seven year, years um, together. So, um, you know, a lot of patients come in and and they go, "Oh, is this holistic dentistry thing?" Um, you know, a new a new phenomenon, and you know the answer is no, re- not really, because you know I, I think of my dad and my uncle in the early eighties practicing this way. I think that you know that they were really forward thinking, and it's just such a fascinating way to to practice, and it makes something that, as you say, is rather unsexy, um, quite quite a fascinating way of practicing.
0: And Lewis, can you just clarify for us what is the difference between conventional dentistry and, say, holistic dentistry?
3: Well, basically what we're talking about is you can focus on the teeth and gums in isolation or you can focus on the teeth and gums that are connected to the person. And when you make that um, sort of distinction, then a a whole range of different areas of of dentistry and general health open up. So we treat a lot of... um, Headaches, neck aches, jaw aches. We do obviously conventional dentistry, you know, fillings and extractions and all those sorts of things. But we also look at people's, you know, breathing. Um, we're on the lookout and treat treat sleep apnea, um, mm. a whole range of things. Even you know, athletic performance, um, which is something that I'm sort of really passionate about. Being a former professional soccer player, I. I've been reading up a lot about how the position um, and health of the jaw can affect um, athletic performance, which is kind of new research. But, um, yeah, so a whole a whole range of different things, really, but also just, you know, basic oral diseases that affect, you know, your general health, things like gum disease and tooth decay. They're two of the most common diseases known to man, woman, or child worldwide. And, you know, if you take the case of gum disease, we know that chronic inflammation is the root cause of, or, you know, contributor to so many chronic illnesses in in today's society. And, And if you're not thinking about gum disease, which is one of the most common sources of chronic inflammation in the body, then you're kind of missing a big piece of the puzzle. So there's a whole range of things, really, I kind of just spout a few things out there willy-nilly. Yeah, but
0: but that's great. And I know you just mentioned gum disease. Are there any, like, overt symptoms? So if women are thinking, hmm, okay, do I have any sort of systemic inflammation that might be coming from this and they're going to look in the mirror right now, is there anything they should be
3: looking for? um, Yeah, I mean, look, a classic one is just bleeding when you brush and floss. That's a a classic sign of chronic inflammation. You know, if I always say to my patients, like, if you went to – um, wash your hands, and every time you wash your hands, your your hands bled. You know, you'd be in a state of uh, you'd be in a state of panic. You'd be at the hospital. Um, yeah. But you know the rea- the reality is that every time you know, yeah. for a lot of people, every time they brush and floss, they bleed. And you know, we kind of turn a blind eye and think, oh, it's not you know, the mouth's in isolation; it's no big deal. I'll just ignore it, and it'll go away. But it's actually not the way to kind of treat things at all because it is a sign that your body's under stress. And
0: what kind of methods would do you use to treat gum disease that might be different to, say, conventional dentistry?
3: Well, I mean, the, the, the most, you know, sort of effective way is to go through and, you know, get a good thorough clean, which is the same as... Um, sure. As as any dentist, um, and work on your oral hygiene technique, and and brush and floss, and you know that's one of the best ways that you can reduce the the risk of gum disease. Um, crazily, only fifty percent. Australian Dental Association released an amazing document the other week on World Ho- World Oral Health Week, which was a few weeks ago, and they said that only fifty percent of Australian adults brush their teeth twice a day. So oh, wow! Yeah,
2: yeah
3: that's gross. And on top of that, the the people that do brush, you know, or even the people that only brush half half the amount of time that they they should, which is you know once once a once a day or or no times a day, they actually don't brush the required two minutes. So um, a really interesting thing for people to to do at home is actually time themselves when they brush, because you know most people aren't getting those targets. But in terms of other things besides oral hygiene, obviously you need to be eating really, really healthy foods. So, Mm -hmm. you know, inflammatory, inflammatory processed, um, you know, highly refined foods are really bad for your gums. We know that natural, natural, um, whole foods are really, really important. So we know that vitamin C is really important for your gum health. It strengthens Mm -hmm. the collagen network within the the gums. Um, we know that foods that are high in vitamin A, D, E, and K. So the fat-soluble vitamins are really important for your teeth, but also the very act of chewing real foods, um, you know, things that you actually have to break down. Everything soft, sticky, you know, refined, you know, all these sorts of foods are really poor for your, for your, for your oral health because if you're actually chewing hard foods you're stimulating a lot of saliva which is protective for your gums and teeth Um, but it's also putting your jaws to work um, and your teeth to work which is which strengthens them Um, and then foods high in fiber as well are really important because foods high in fiber will actually produce more saliva and that has a flushing and lubricating effect and it's also antibacterial in the mouth so yeah there's brushing and flossing but there's also a dietary component Um, but also, you know, the way you're breathing at night as well, we've got a, an epidemic in today's society in the sense that we, most people breathe through their mouths, um, and they don't realize that they're doing that, um, during the nighttime and that can dry out your saliva, not to mention, leave you susceptible to things like sleep apnea, but, um, it can dry your saliva out and then, you know, mouth breathers have a higher incidence of, of, um, gum inflammation.
0: And Lewis, is there any uh, particular reason why there is such an epidemic of sleep apnea now?
3: Uh, look, a range of things. We've got us. We've, we've, got. It's a really um, It's a really complicated topic, but it's there's a lot of people that are eating really, really, really poor foods. There's, yeah. There's a number of aspects to this, but a lot of people are allergic to a range of different. Processed foods and that can, or even just allergies around, which are things like you know dust mite allergies, for example. Then you know if that's in your bedroom, you're more likely to clog your 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 nose up, and then you you'll revert to mouth breathing, and then if you mouth breathe, then you your your teeth will start crowding, and because your tongue is actually meant to be at the roof of your mouth, breathing through your nose, and that's actually your best orthodontic appliance that we have so nature gave it to us that if the tongue's up at the roof of the mouth if you can can imagine that um then your cheek pressure pushing inwards your lips and your cheeks exert pressure on your teeth Um, and if that if that tongue's not there and when your mouth breathe it's not there um, then you get like a collapse of um your teeth and then that makes less space for your tongue and then your tongue's got nowhere else to go but down into your, your th- the back of your throat and then all of a sudden you've got yourself you know sleep disorder breathing issues and even sleep apnea.
2: So narrowing and crowding uh, is something that you see as an indicator is that right?
3: Yeah correct yeah. Wow. So, so we was- yeah sorry go on
2: no, so that was just curious. So when you walk around the street and and when you're in your practice, you sort of those sorts of facial features are a great gateway to health, aren't they? In the sense that there's a there's a flow on effect of some of those symptoms, which are outward expressions of health. And in this case, you've just mentioned um, the crowding or the narrowing in the upper
3: jaw. Yeah, I mean, you, you you're kind of making. I'm a big people, watch, a people yeah, watcher. People We are know. too. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I just, you know, I sit at. I'm a bit of a weirdo. I'll sit at a cafe and. Um, you know, I'll be looking at people's face, you know, face uh, facial um, features. Does ever that ever come
0: across the wrong way? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, I guess so. Every now and again, but um, it's not it, it's not going to stop me. There's so much to learn yeah. from from people watching. It's amazing. But yeah, we're we when I collect a patient from a waiting room, I'm already starting to make a diagnosis, and you 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 guys would understand that. But um, you know the classic sign is you know I see a lot of a lot of young kids and you know I kind of like treating kids because you can make such a big impact on you know habit and behaviour change um, that that really benefits their health. So for example, like if I collect a kid, you can all you can see so many kids like this. They've got the bags under their eyes, their mouths are open, they've got a really stuffy nose, they've got a head forward posture. Um, that's a classic sign that they're like highly allergic. Their diet's probably a little bit um, in need of some adjustment. They're, they're, they're probably mouth-breathing at night time. They've got crowded teeth. Um, you know, and these are all habits that if left unchecked, they can leave themselves susceptible to so many different breathing and health issues later down the track. And it's just an amazing sort of feeling to start because their bone's so plastic and they're able – you can – really get great results from from habit change um, that you can actually make such a huge impact on their health. So there's a lot of unhealthy kids out there, unfortunately.
0: Mm, we see yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Luz, can we talk about some of the practices that happen very regularly these days and just get your take on that? So what's your thoughts on root canals?
3: Root canals? Um, yeah, so, I mean, root canals have got a little bit of, bad press. Um, it's And why it's, is that? Can you just well, explain
0: to our listeners who may not understand the process um, why it might be uh, given bad press at the moment?
3: Yeah, sure. So basically what a root canal is is that you have a, within a tooth you've got the enamel outer layer, then there's the dentine inner layer, um, and then there's a nerve um, within the middle of the tooth. And what happens from, you know, de- really deep decay or Um, cracks or you know heavy clenching or grinding the teeth over time your nerve can die off and you can lose lose sensation in the the nerve and what's actually happened is that bacteria have populated that nerve canal so instead Mm -hmm. of having a healthy nerve and a blood supply it's died off so you can imagine you've got sort of dead gangrenous tissue within the the middle of the tooth and basically what a root canal does is you remove the nerve tissue um you get some medicine down the canals for lack of a better term and then you're trying to minimize or eliminate as much bacteria as possible um and then you go through and fill the canals in the same way that you would remove decay from a tooth and fill it back up um and then what that is doing is maintaining a tooth now the problem that we have is and a lot of the bad press around it is kind of surrounding the fact that you can't actually get 100 percent sterilization of that tooth so people are concerned that they're leaving gangrenous tissue in their body um, for a long period of time which you know may or may not have health implications um so our stance on it is a lot of the negative press around it was based on studies in like the early 1930s when I really wouldn't want to have a root canal in the 1930s, <laughs> you know, they were using terrible technology, terrible medicine, te- you know, all that sort of stuff um, that didn't work. So, you know, I would definitely elect to have it removed. But in, in today's society, you know, we've got modern techniques, new technology and, you know, if you're – we kind of do it by being a holistic practice. We're not dogmatic, you know, we kind of – You've got to be pragmatic, not dogmatic. You know, if you're, if you're dogmatic, you're just saying everyone who has a nerve that's died off needs to have it out. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. that's really aggressive because at the, same, at the same time, you have to go back and think what are teeth there for. They're there to balance your jaw. They're there to break down food so that you can get the nutrition that you need from your food. So if you go extracting every single tooth in every single person, you're not necessarily doing them a good service. But at the same time you have to look at their medical history and you have to decide is root canal a good good option for for this person so if you had like a really out of control autoimmune condition or you had um you know cancer or what have you then you know you would you would analyze that tooth and that situation you know a lot and whether or not you decide to do a root canal a lot more a lot more strictly than if you had a you know a perfect immune system, um, there wasn't a great deal of infection there in the first place. Then you know it's case by case, and that's what a lot of people. That's what that's what we mean by being holistic is where you look at that individual and you decide is this the right treatment for this particular individual? And if the answer is yes, you go ahead with it. If it's not, you don't. But you also give the people pros and cons to make up their own mind because there's also other options beyond root canal.
0: Ah, that's so interesting. Um, And, Louis, what are the other options that you just alluded to?
3: So you can just, re- well, remove the tooth and yep. you can leave a space. Mm-hmm. You can remove a tooth and then do a bridge. So that's where you do kind of two crown preparations on the teeth either side and then there's like a fake tooth in the middle so it's fixed in place. Oh, you can sure. Put, you can put a denture in um, which makes – Young people feel very old, so they turn yes. off to do that. Um, and then the other options to put an implant into the bone and then put a crown on top as a replacement. But everything besides your own tooth um, and your own nerve that's healthy is a compromise. Yeah. And and you know the best thing to do is to look after your teeth as best as you can, so you don't don't need to go through these things. And that starts, you know, starts with prioritising your oral health instead of seeing it in isolation from the rest of your body.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. And it's something that has um, really fascinated us as well. We do a lot of work, a lot of, uh, I guess, testing and examination of things like gut health. And we know there's a very, very crucial link between the oral gut um, connection there. Tell us a little bit about how, in your experience, you know, oral health and gut uh, are connected.
3: Um, well, I mean, the most obvious thing is you you can see people that are, you know, that have really bad reflux and things, they can really hammer their teeth because obviously they bring up so much acid into the oral cavity. So, you know, if your gut's all out of whack and you've got reflux, um, you know, that causes a huge amount of trouble in terms of erosion and and decay in the mouth and huge amounts of sensitivity and things. Um, And, you know, people with really bad reflux will have a tendency to, um, you know, wear away their teeth, and you have to rem- remember that tooth's the hardest substance in the body. It's 10 times harder than bone. So, you know, it's scary to think what would be happening down in the gut if that's going on. So,
0: yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um,
3: but, yeah, I mean, you know, we have to remember that we also swallow about 1,500 or 2,000 times a day. So, if you think that your bacteria is just staying in, in your mouth, you know, then you know, it's not really the case. You're swallowing, um, so, so much. And, you know, if you've got really aggressive inflammatory bacteria, which are associated with things like tooth decay and gum disease, then, you know, they're not staying there. They're going down into the rest of your system. And, you know, there's also links of persistent, persistent H. pylori infections that are, are now being shown in the mouth. And, um, yeah, it's just a whole range of factors. You know, we, we kind of think that it's so disconnected, but, you know, you gotta, you got to treat your mouth as, you know, as importantly as you treat your gut, you know. And that, it's great that there's so much research out there and so much awareness out there about gut health and gut-brain connection and things. Um, but at the same time, a lot of people turn a blind eye to their, to their oral health. But it's, you know, hugely, hugely important.
0: Yeah, and especially when the mouth is, you know, the start of, I guess you could consider it the start of your gut anyway, because um, that's yeah. the start of that digestive tract. Um, Lewis, can we talk about fluoride? I would love to ask, uh, what is what is the big fuss about fluoride? Is it as bad as everyone makes out to be? Do we want it to be in our drinking water? Do we want to be brushing our teeth with it? What are your thoughts?
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's a very interesting topic and a topic that you could speak for hours about um look it's it's an interesting one in the sense that fluoride um hardens teeth and if you harden teeth then there's less chance of them decaying but again you're not really addressing the underlying cause of tooth decay it's very linear thinking mm-hmm. um you know you think okay okay tooth decay is caused by softening of tooth structure caused by a diet so we'll harden the teeth with fluoride um but it doesn't really address the underlying cause of the disease and we know that sort of decay is a disease of diet um so yeah i mean look there's good evidence out there that suggests that topical fluoride is very effective at reducing your risk of tooth decay so you know if you if you talk about topical fluoride you say things in in, to, in toothpaste and things it's again case by case so personally i don't use a fluoride toothpaste because i'm really really fortunate to be able to get regular checkups i've got other dentists that work with me um my diet um you know for the vast majority of the time is is you know pretty good besides my Little chocolate session I had last night, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, if your if your diet's really good, your gut health's good, you're um, brushing and flossing effectively, you're regular at the dentist, you know, then and you don't have a you know a, a history of a lot of tooth decay um, and fillings in your mouth, then you know I'd be comfortable supervising that. Um, but then again, if you want to go natural. Um, and then you're having a liter of coke every day, and um, you know I think a little bit of topical fluoride's the least of your problems if you're drinking all the all, all that soft drink all the time. So um, you know, again, it's case by case. I've got I've had a patient who um, had oral uh, had a a cancer of his parotid gland, which provides a lot of the saliva in the mouth, and his mouth's like a desert. So. You know, saliva is really important to neutralize acid. We've all seen those, you know, extra chewing gum ads and things where, you know, the importance of saliva is to neutralize acid. Um, And this guy literally had zero saliva. And every time he came in, he had more and more tooth decay. And, you know, we had to extract a tooth and then we had to extract a tooth and then, you know, he's losing his ability to chew. So, you know, I'm actually doing him a disservice if I'm not giving him fluoride, you know. Um, Because if I can stop that decay, then he's going to keep his teeth, then he's going to be able to chew his food, and then he's going to be able to get nutrition that he needs to stay healthy after a, a bout of cancer. But then I've got another person that's 43 years old, has never had decay in his mouth, lives. A really healthy lifestyle is all over it. You know, he's he's really good with his diet. He's never had a hole in his life, like inspirational, really. And he uses a, he uses a natural toothpaste, and you know, I'm all for that because it's case by case. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, absolutely.
0: and are there detrimental health effects to say consuming fluoride from the water?
3: Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's a whole lot of other nasties in 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 toothpaste as well. I'll just just quickly touch on the yeah. toothpaste before yeah, I, before I move on it. But yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot of other nasty stuff in you know there's foaming agents and you know you know um, some metal metal things that you try and avoid. So if you're going to use that, you've got to be really 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 diligent with your your rinsing. Um, and you know it always makes me a little bit nervous where it says do not ingest you know if you can't <laughs> ingest something then you know that's that's pretty worrying particularly like I've got two little nieces and I you know I watch I watch my 3 year old niece brush her teeth the other day just just for um just to see you're how a she dentist was doing. and it's yeah. what you do <laughs> Yeah exactly and uh my brother was getting a little bit nervous um well, I'm feeling the pressure there but um, yeah she you know she I was watching her and I was just like she was just like popping it in the mouth and you know she definitely swallowed a whole bunch of it so you got to really supervise it um, and you know that's a, that's a problem you know that you don't want to be ingesting some of that stuff so um, I would always er on the side of natural toothpaste where possible but you've got to work on your diet and you got to prioritize it with water fluoridation there's a couple of issue issues there well it's it's not an even spread you know we kind of live in this kind of health bubble you know a lot of like-minded health practitioners um you know we kind of think that everyone thinks that way but the reality is like i've lived in the i've worked in the public sector and i've worked down in launceston tasmania and treated you know meth addicts drug addicts you know really low socio-economic sort of classes there and, um, you know, their diet is shocking, the ability to get behavior change by seeing them, you know, once every six to eight months, you know, is pretty, you know, impossible. And then you think, well, you know, that's where fluoride could have a, you know, have a role, but, you know, if you take a step back, um, and you think that everyone was really in tune with their health, it's actually... A couple of issues i have with it one is that you know when people come to see me as a dentist they they've got informed consent you know they're they're consenting to be in your chair they have made that decision to come in whereas no one's really consented or asked me if i want fluoride in my water so from a political standpoint that's a little bit controversial i mean the other thing as well is that we've kind of got an underactive well we've got a thyroid problem in this country um and, you know, underactive thyroids are just one of the more common things that I see in our medical history. Um, and if you go back to um, high school chemistry, you, you think about the halogen groups on the pe- periodic table. There's iodine, chloride, and fluoride, or mm-hmm. fluoride. Um, and, you know, we know that iodine is so important for healthy thyroid function. Um, am I correct in saying that?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, they compete for space within, you know, for uptake in the thyroid. So fluoride, chloride, and iodine, and fluoride outcompetes both of those things. So then you have to think well, is this underactive thyroid epidemic in the country and globally, you know, is that contrib- Is fluoride in the water contributing to that? And oh, I mean, you know, if you're ingesting it so often because you should be drinking a lot of water during the day, then, you know, it's hard to think that it wouldn't be playing a role and then, um, you know, are there, are there other ways to kind of treat that? You know, that's a problem with looking at the mouth in isolation.
0: Mm, that's really interesting, and I love that thyroid connection as well because you're absolutely right. I'm seeing that in women at the moment in like epidemic proportions as well, um, with that that underactive thyroid. Mm.
3: Yeah, so I mean, look, it has a role, and you have to be case by case. Um, you know with your with your use of it um, but that's what like i said that's what's being that's what being holistic is all about is looking at that particular individual and that individual circumstances and then you pick the what you think is the right call for that person
0: yeah awesome ash i think you
2: wanted to jump in there but your mic was off <laughs> that was just to avoid the screaming background background baby there but <laughs> That's okay. Uh, now I understand why there was no interjections and I, I was like, oh yeah, they're just not listening. That's okay. <laughs> I saw your mouth moving, but uh, nothing was happening. Nothing was her- oh, <laughs> thanks. I'm glad you picked that up. But no, I guess I was just, um, you know, really interested in that link and just how holistic dentistry. I love that approach that, you know, we, we look at the body as a whole and when we see it's cut the body down to systems, into isolated systems. We're absolutely, as you said, Lewis, doing disservice to our patients by not considering the other implications of that. In this case, just something uh, as simple as the water we drink every day and the ripple effect that can have on our health if, uh, if that water in fact is tarnished in some way, with it be, could, in this case, fluoride or heavy metals or any other, you know, toxic substance to the body. So that's fascinating and uh, I'm really glad you dived into that. Look, my gosh, 30 minutes has flown by. And- and uh, I guess we've got so many questions we could ask. Is there any chance we could get you back another time to dive a little further?
3: Sure, any time.
0: Oh, awesome! Liz, before Thank you. we before we do get you offline, though, I've got to ask about oil pulling because that is so trendy these days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts on oil pulling?
3: Um, yeah, I think I think it's a, a good thing to be doing. Um,
0: and is this something that you do as well?
3: Yeah, I do it. Um, okay. It's for the listeners, it's just like a tea or a tablespoon of coconut oil in the mouth first thing in the morning on an empty stomach and you swish it around your mouth. It um, can feel a bit gross initially. get, some, get take some time to, to get used to, um, but, yeah, don't spit it down your drains because you'll have a, a plumbing problem. Um, <laughs> spit, it, spit it into a pro tip there for you. Um, yeah, spit it into a tissue and into the bin. Um, but, yeah, the idea of it is that it basically pulls plaque, the, the lipids in it, the fat in it, pull plaque from underneath the gums, and we know that the most aggressive bacteria live underneath the gum. Um, so basically you're just pulling that plaque from underneath the gums, and it also reduces um, the amount of bacteria that causes dental decay in the mouth, and it's got some antibacterial effects, and um it's a bit of a detoxifier so yeah i mean there's only small studies out there about it but you know they're pretty pretty positive um as a whole and yeah it's a good thing to be doing and it's a subtle subtle tooth whitener for some people as well but we've seen good results with people with gingivitis and you know some mild gum disease doesn't work so well when you've got sort of rampant aggressive gum disease but it's it's not a bad for bad thing for everyone to be doing
0: Awesome. Okay, so ladies, you've heard it here first. Your oil pulling that you're doing is a great thing. And uh, just to recap, as is and like we're always talking about is just that whole foods diet. And it sounds like there was everything that you were bringing it back to to maintain that excellent oral health starts with your diet as well as your daily practices of, you know, obviously brushing and flossing twice a day, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, where can our listeners find out more about you?
3: Uh well i practice at the sydney holistic dental center um Mm -hmm. so that's pretty easy to to google and we've got some good resources on our website i've got my own website drlewis.com.au and i have some blogs and there's a um, newsletter that you can sign up to which i send out every two weeks just on various topics from sleeping breathing um exercise oral health stuff Um, and then my instagram is dr.lewis so i've so it's like full full word D O C T O R dot Lewis L E W I S. Um, and yeah, I'll just bombard people usually with links between oral health and general health and summarized studies and things. Awesome. And yeah, I've got a Facebook page, Dr. Lewis Ehrlich as well. So few spots.
0: Ladies, I would strongly recommend that you check those out. Um, not only because of the amazing content that I'm sure you put out there, but also wasn't there some sort of Sydney article that came out
2: saying that you were one of the most attractive dentists or something?
3: Oh, geez.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, we're a podcast, so don't worry, our listeners, you know, aren't aren't perving on you right now. But uh, we did we did smile when we saw an article and went, you know, the hottest dentist in Sydney. and We went, right, cool. Well, this is the guy we've got to have on the so show. Make sure
0: <laughs> you absolutely follow him on all of those channels, and we'll make sure that we put links to your website as well. Uh, Lewis, on uh, the the notes for the show today. Um, Again, thank you so much for being on board with us today. We loved that insight. It was good to kind of debunk a few of the myths or the controversies around, you know, root canal therapy and fluoride. And that was like quite a well-balanced sort of argument you have there. So we appreciate that. So ladies... We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Wellness Women Radio. Uh, make sure that you are c- connecting with us on Facebook. So, facebook.com forward slash the Wellness Women. Um, we're on Instagram at the Wellness Women Official. Um, and, ladies, if you've got any questions at all about this, if you've had any experiences with holistic dentistry yourself, um, post it on Facebook because we want to hear from you. Until next week, be well. This year, the Wellness Summit returns.
1: The only lesson is ever going to be your learning it. As long as you're learning, that's your lesson. When you stand in front of the mirror, the talk, the things that go on between these ears in the morning can also be what sets you up for a day. And if you've beaten yourself up for not being the most extraordinary person that you can be, then start now. We make it hard for ourselves. We make things difficult for ourselves because we go and apply a whole bunch of stories and a whole bunch of drama and a whole bunch of i not good enoughs to the things that occur in our lives. Wake the heck up. Today's a new day. Here's where
2: it can change. Kim Morrison and Karen
0: Smith feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com.